Welcome to Brave Dynamics. This is your host, Jeremy Ao. Leadership is harder than it looks. As a proven founder and Harvard MBA, I interview courageous entrepreneurs, executives, and investors every week. I also share my frontline experiences, coaching insights, and own professional development journey. If you're stepping up as a new leader, founding a startup, or venturing into the great unknown, this is the podcast for you. I'm happy to introduce Kwok Tiachuan. He currently leads payment product policies globally for Google. Previously, he was deputy director in the Singapore government's digital transformation office. He led a product team working on digital payment and identity products. He also led a project for PayNow, one of the world's first government-created peer-to-peer payment systems. He led its national adoption from 0% to over 75% in two years. PayNow now transacts over $12 billion annually. Today, Singaporeans now commonly say, I'll pay now you, just like how Americans say, I'll Venmo you or I'll PayPal you. He also happens to be a graduate of the London School of Economics and MIT and is recognized as a World Economic Forum Global Shaper. Welcome, Xiaochuan, and good to see you again. Great to see you, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I first got to know you because we were friends all the way back in secondary school, and we were in the creative arts program as two poets. Yeah, definitely a big change. What it's been 15 years now, more than that, 17 years. Yeah, you know you're getting old when you can't remember the number of years you've been friends for. That's how you know you're old. Yeah, you know, beyond the number of years, it's also about many memories, right? And I think we've got a lot of different things that we've worked on together. So really happy to be here. Our friendship clicked back in the army uh, together when we were army buddies in our uh, commander course together. And I always remember walking into the auditorium and uh, seeing you and I was just so delighted to see a familiar face. And I had no idea that we would do some crazy stuff like you know, digging a trench together and buddy up and tackle a ton of jungle navigation courses. I had no idea that would be like the cornerstone of our working relationship ever since then. Yeah, I mean, I could always count on you to lead me through, you know, the, the past that we were lost. And yeah, we could always <laughs> count on having each other's back as well. So yeah, and I'm really glad that I've continued to keep such a friendship to this time. Yeah. Many of you may already know that Zhaochuan and I co-founded uh, Conjunct Consulting, which is a platform deploying consulting services for Singapore social sector. We started out in those early days with just uh, an idea on literally a piece of paper and at that time Skype, I think, in doing our calls. It's crazy to see how much we've grown in deploying millions of dollars of services. So it's been amazing to see the growth in terms of not just uh, providing incredible support for our frontline social services. We've also helped train thousands of leaders that will be the next generation of social change leadership in Singapore and Southeast Asia. Yeah, we started out in a small room, you know, just broadcasting a call for volunteers. And I've called that time we're saying, you know, oh, would this even uh, work? You know, I think we had, we both had our doubts during that time, although I think we, we, we trusted it. I think we built a good team around us. We got it up. And I think what we've really built is something that I think um, has managed to stand on its own for the, 
for, for the past eight years. It couldn't have happened without you, let's put it this way. Uh, it couldn't have happened without you either. Yeah. We should talk a little bit about those yeah. early days, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of people often ask, what was it like to found a startup or a platform? And what was it like to do that in Singapore or Southeast Asia? Yeah. You know, nowadays, you hear companies like Grab, like Gojek, you hear companies like Lazada, you, know, you hear companies like Redmond. Uh, back at the time, the, the entrepreneurship scene really wasn't that mature. You know, There was a lack of like VC funding, there was a lack of like VC capital as well. So it really took, I think, some guts at the time to try and start something. What was going through your head when you first started Conjunct? I really wanted there to be a solution for the social sector where so many large nonprofits and charities and social enterprises and even government agencies want to support and thinking through these tough questions around their operations. I wanted to support them and consult for them, but just didn't have a platform to do that effectively or efficiently, right? And I think that's where you and I were discussing the problem and we very much agreed the problem existed and we couldn't figure out a way to plug ourselves in. And so we decided to create a platform to plug ourselves in and ended up creating a platform plugging in thousands of people more. You are entirely fair to say that we did that based on a problem, yet we didn't have many role models at that time for what it meant to build something from scratch. I still remember that in those early days, there wasn't any co-working spaces. There wasn't any infrastructure, really, for entrepreneurs. We kind of built out that language for ourselves locally. Is this interesting to see how things have changed rapidly over since our founding? Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. And I think the important part, as you rightly point out, is actually about the community, right? It's about identifying that problem, but also making sure we get together people that are passionate enough to solve that problem. And if you think about it, you know, that's really the foundation of some of the biggest companies that are out there as well. And I think for Conjunct, what we really wanted to do was to get people with different skill sets, bring them together and, you know, create something that was greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, it was interesting to see that initial growth of entrepreneurs and community I still remember that in our second year, we started being the pioneer, <laughs> one of the first 10 members of what was then called Impact Hub Singapore, and now it's called Found8. And I still remember that early group of people who were experimenting with working out of a co-working space. And almost all of us have been working out of Starbucks or with friends, you know, at those early stages. And it's interesting to see how many of our peers in that space have gone on to grow out their businesses uh, since then and really become role models for other people in the community. So, you know, Song from Green, I think it's honestly incredible that, you know, the community has really grown for people to be able to help each other found businesses and grow different platforms and make a difference. We grew Conjunct Consulting and bootstrapped that to a sustainable piece and you know, I went off to the US where, you know, I was doing my Harvard MBA and founding another high growth business and you were in Singapore seeing the ecosystem continue to change and grow. And, you know, that's also where you started working on the government digital transformation office as well. So I'd love to hear your experience. I've been fortunate enough to be in, I guess, like different places in different positions, whether it's with Conjunct or with the government or now in my current role at Google. A few things continue to guide and guide me through how I work with people, how I really try to make sure that, you know, we produce high growth teams and effective teams as well. So 
I would look at that as kind of three broad values or three broad pillars that have stood by me. So the first is that, you know, it's never about yourself and it's always about the people around you and how you can create impact around them. Whether it's with Conjunct, whether it's with the government or it's with Google, you know, there was always an element for me was that how can I actually magnify impact by bringing great people together and giving them that culture and that environment to succeed. It's not about, you know, you taking all the glory or, you know, you were the president back then and I was the chairman, but, you know, we both knew that it was never just about us. It was about the many volunteers who conjunct, who would come together, you know, work, the, work late nights to provide the best recommendations they could for our, for the organizations. Um, similarly, in the government, it was never just about me, but it was about my, the teams that I work with who really, really pushed themselves, you know, throughout weekends, throughout nights, and made sure that the products that we put out were the best that we could do for the people of Singapore. Similarly, in Google now, I'm seeing some really passionate people come together and the priority is always the same, you know, respecting the opportunity and respecting the users, making sure that, you know, these people come together with their different skill sets, bring the best opportunity that they can get. So that's the first thing. The second thing is really about creating what I call a culture of psychological safety. Um, you can have really talented of people in the room, but if they are, for lack of a better word, jerks, you know, they would scare off other people out there. And, um, you know, that leads to an atmosphere of fear, that leads to an atmosphere where people don't want to contribute, that leads to an atmosphere of suspicion, and the overall that just brings down, I think, the performance of, of, of a team as well. I've seen teams, you know, where I have to step in and say, look, you know, this is not the attitude we should be coming in from. At Google, you know, there's, there's a famous phrase, right? Don't be evil. You know, many people think that don't be evil applies, you know, outside to the products as well. But honestly, that applies to, you know, the people that work in Google every day as well. Know, how they work with each other, how they try to bounce, you know, discuss discuss ideas. And I think that's something that's really key to what the effect that the company's been able to do. So the third thing really is to think big. And I think to really push yourself to think about what are the ideas, what are the new things that can change, not be constrained by like limits. You know, I recall when you and I were just two people doing contract, we never imagined it would grow into something that would create millions of dollars of um, impact. Similarly, in the government, when we thought about pay now, we were thinking about how to do real-time transactions, things that people could click on a tap of a button just by entering someone's phone number and sending money. You know, that was an arcane concept four or five years back. But we managed to pull it off and now I think it has a really good user experience for anyone who uses that. You know, similarly in Google, you know, the different products, you know, search, you know, geo, you know, you know, YouTube come together to create something that's big. And I think that's something that I really encourage everybody to think about. How to think big, how to stamp your mark on that and push, continue to push these ideas. Let's zoom in a little bit about the government experience before switching to the uh, Google side. Yep. So, you know, many people often talk about how amazing the Singapore Digital Transformation Office is yep. versus the government's efforts uh, in different countries, right? What would you say are your observations that make your team productive and as innovative as it is? They move very fast as compared to other governments um, around the world. So it's like, I think that they iterate very fast, they're able to put together things and combine that, I think, with the ability to think about, you know, what are some of the major challenges, you know, for the next like 10, 20, 30 years, you know, that I think is something that's a, it's a really strong combination that really lets Singapore pushes the envelope in terms of like digital transformation. So, I mean, going back to the, the payments part of it, right, most payment system nowadays are still, you know, via 
slower, you know, cross settlement issues, cross settlement systems. So, you know, thinking about a real time payment system and cross border real time payments as well. You know, these are things that we had to continue to push, and these were ideas. But you know, the fact that we could bring these ideas to execution, I think, speaks to the amazing ability of of very, many very very different divisions within the government. You know, whether it's the Monetary Authority of Singapore, the Central Bank with their expertise in finance or the government technology agency with the expertise in technology coming together i think to create us create systems create devices create platforms that ultimately result in a lot of impact to people yeah what's interesting is that you are one of the few people to really push for changing societal norms in so many different domains you know from a public policy and government perspective another from google large tech to you know kind of like a more entrepreneurial outfit and you know many people often ask you know how do i find out what is the best role for them to make that change they want to see in the world from your perspective you know how do you often talk about it you know is it like a false dichotomy between those choices or would you say like there are ways that you would frame that conversation for people who are trying to figure out their path well I think the way to figure out the path is to try it and in a way try small steps you know you know be ready to course correct eventually that will lead you down to the path where you feel comfortable about i think the ability to take small steps is one you know that allows people to actually try and see whether something you know works for them if you don't have passion you don't have enthusiasm then nothing else matters because that ultimately you know determines whether you're able to bring your best to your work so i i was very passionate about the government part and you know wanting to make sure that we could impact you know the people of singapore wanting to build you know the best products for them as well and you know in a way i think going to google was another step in that direction because i want to figure out how best we could make great products and you know apply those lessons one thing that i so agree with you is about small steps the way i often frame it up is for almost every product you try before you buy and i think that applies so much for careers and jobs as well that it's often very hard to you know see past the product or job description it's such a different experience to actually be living and using that product let alone actually doing the functions of that job you know what would you say have been some interesting differences that you've seen between your role in the government versus your time at the google well i think i'll start off with the commonalities first before you know going to difference i think both in the government and google people are very passionate about solving problems and you know finding out the best ways to solve um, the problems as well um, you know that being said you know ultimately the government is very focused you know on singapore and they, and they have every right to be because they are the elected government google you know by definition of it being a larger company is looking at the world and looking at how you can build products for the world as well. so i think that outlook is different that one of the big differences that you know i've been trying to adjust to neither of them are right or wrong it's not a black or white dichotomy i think both organizations have different purposes and ultimately that's down to the nature of the organizations that is so true what's been interesting is that you've also done a lot of focus around payments and i'd love to hear about how you've built out not just the experience but also decided to continue focusing on payments and that dimension of society payments ultimately is a is an everyday activity you know when you go out you know, when you buy when you go shopping when you go eating you know payments is something that everybody needs to do and i think there's tremendous opportunity you know to make payments safe 
simple and secure for people. And I think with technology advancing, you know, with an understanding of, you know, what flows you need for the humans, that really is an opportunity to make things simple, you know, to avoid, you know, say, for example, filling out paper forms, you know, a um, hundred years ago, we, we filled in checks, you know, now we're still filling in checks, you know, surely there must be a way for things to be done faster, perhaps even like digitally and make it a better user experience for everyone. That being said, you know, precisely because payments is a universal activity, you also want your new solutions to not be exclusive and not just for, you know, those who can afford it, you know, for everybody out there. What's really fun for me and what's really challenging for me is to make sure that we build systems, we build things that everybody can use. Awesome. So wrapping things up, what advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago? It would really be executing at speed, being um, ruthless in consistency. So ultimately, it's about improving yourself every single day being a little bit better than you were yesterday, you know, learning something new, you know. There will be days where you fail, there will be days where you trip up, there will be days where you feel sad, but ultimately it's about that consistency, bringing your best every day to the job. Awesome. Thank you, Jia Thank you, Jeremy. It's been wonderful talking to you.